Hello everyone and welcome to the Housewives Archives, a podcast where we discuss in great depth all things real housewives. My name is James Evans and joining me is my co-host and head of Kabbalesque studies at Yale University, it's Ellie Nunn. <laughs> I wish. Oh, imagine... What a job. Jingle bells, jingle bells. I think we'd have like a tripos on spoken word <laughs> and then like a tripos on feather boa twirling. Yeah, and, and they would... Uh, and on seeing a nipple, famously. Of course, there'd need to be a term on um, guest booking and making sure that you have the perfect lineup. We could do studies in poster hunting. Amazing. And making sure that you get the shameless self-promotion. Amazing. <laughs> well, hang on. We're we're kind of going into like cabaret territory. I was thinking more cabalesque territory, the more like the Sonia Morgan. Oh, I iteration. see. Oh no, I. You're fired from your post. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've slipped at the first hurdle. <laughs> All right. Okay. Great. Should we just get started? Let's... I, don't, I don't care how you're doing this week. Okay. I don't know if you care about how I'm doing. I never do. But yeah, we've got a lot of ground to cover, so. <laughs> Here we go. So last week we were talking about the season eight Luan and how her and Tom was the word on everybody's lips. And uh, with all the Regency drama and like the mystique of will they, won't they get married. But this season, season nine, it's very much just the word on Luan's lips. So she's, she's, she's gotten married. She's bolted Tom to the floor of the penthouse. She's settled. And I don't know if you disagree, but I just get the sense that everyone's kind of shrugged their shoulders more or less and... The relationship's just kind of receded into the background and it's more just an irritating pulse mm. rather than like balls to the wall drama that we had of of the year before. Yeah, I think that's so true. And we have this weird thing then where Luan still kind of wants to talk about Tom. But, only but she doesn't want term. anyone else to talk about Tom. Right. Exactly. So I always think about that scene where Sonia and Ramona and Luan are having lunch and it just seems like a pretty ho-hum scene um that's a bit filler and i think tom just comes up in conversation or maybe it's just like another guy like a harry dubin or one of those types Mm. and there's a kind of like six degrees of separation between the three women and then sonia jokingly flippantly but also inappropriately makes a reference to tom by saying to luann like oh you know well it's not like we fucked him all at the same time or something like that you know and luann is like oh how could you say that i mean i'm getting married or i'm married now you can't talk that way about my husband anymore yeah and she doesn't like it and it's just one of those moments where it's just so emblematic of where we're at right now with tom she like gets her purse and she gets up and walks out and the problem with that is is that luann is doomed to do that again and again and again Mm. because whether she likes it or not sonia and tom have always had this sexual history. And Luann can't erase that, especially when it's been said on national television. So it's best to just acknowledge it, laugh about it, and then move on, rather than insist that she's kind of won this prize and Sonia needs to shut up. Because it denies both of them closure. Yeah, And that was just a little amuse-bouche, if you will, for Luann's conduct in Vermont and that whole room situation. (gasps) Oh my gosh. It's, I have to say, it really knocked me sideways the first time I saw that. You know what? I compare it to her reaction in later seasons to being put in the fish room, her huge overreaction at the hotel. You get these moments where Luanne suddenly behaves really appallingly Mm -hmm. in the face of something where I don't think we as the viewer understand why on earth she would be entitled to what it is she thinks she's entitled to. And Vermont is such a perfect example of that. I've never, ever heard of going on a trip with people 
And because someone recently had something nice happen in their life, gifting them the best room. Right. I think... Like, if you and I went on a trip and it had been your birthday a month before, it wouldn't be like, oh, well, you must have the master bedroom because it was your birthday a month ago. Mm -hmm. That's weird, right? No, completely. The fact that Luann feels entitled to the best room because she's recently married is just at its core is really obnoxious, as you said. But it's Luann wanting to have her cake and eat it too because... If, if I said, oh, I want to have the best room because it was my birthday a month ago, that's something that happened to me. But Tom isn't there. So it's already a moot point to claim the biggest in the best room. It's not like she needs the extra space because she's got her husband with her or something. But, but also, I don't know if anyone makes the point at the time, but it's like, you've just had a nice thing. In a way, it's even weirder because right. you just got married. Why should You don't need the best room right now. Right. Give it to the person right, who's right, right. having the, the roughest time. The exactly. Right, right, Getting right. married isn't like you just got into Yale and, and congratulations, therefore right. here is your reward. It's getting married. And it, you had such a nice time at your wedding, specifically because you didn't invite any of the other women apart from Dorinda. Yes. So why would the group even consider that anyway? Like, And that's the problem is that Luann has kept both parties completely separate and she's begun to compartmentalise her marriage which is fine though a a bit unusual and I understand that it's maybe a coping mechanism for Luann to kind of save her any further scrutiny from Mm. last year but that means she can't suddenly bring it up when it's convenient or advantageous to her and actually I think the separations go a bit further because she's also somehow managed to segregate the ceremony of the wedding from just the marriage as a relationship with Tom right And I find it very symbolic when, you know, when she at that season's reunion, she wears her wedding dress or something very similar. Mm. And it almost just feels like a bit of a fuck you statement. But then behind closed doors, she knows her marriage is falling apart. And then a week later, they announce that they're getting a divorce. So it's like Luann wants to relive the day that she got married again and again and again and talk specifically about the ceremony. Mm. It's not, I want the best room because I'm married. It's, I want the best room because I just got married. I just had a wedding. It really is so weird. That is such, it's such a strange line of thinking. I actually think it's weirder than Ramona and Sonia's thinking over rooms of going, Tinsley, you should, you know, you should have have given Sonia your room because it was a better room. That seems like logic to me in the face of Luann showing up and saying, how could no one save me the best room? I mean, I just got married. That's that I don't I can't even work out where she's trying to come from in that. And the thing is, when Sonia and Ramona bully Tinsley into giving them the room, they are still doing a half knowing that Tinsley's going to say no. But Luann does it with this straight face, mm. just the, the balls to just go in and is convinced that she deserves the best room. But then at the same time, it's like, I, I want this because I now have a husband, but don't talk about my husband. I was going to say, you're terms. so right that it's also so strange to do that when you didn't invite any of the people there. It's not like the only logic I could think of would be to say you could have given me the best room since I just threw you all like a massive party. But none of them were even invited. So it's not it's, exactly. it's not even it's it's not even relevant. And And as you say, it comes hand in hand with don't talk about about my husband and not only don't talk about them but if you do talk about them I will label you all as jealous exactly for having done that which is why we have that merry-go-round thing with Sonia where she keeps bringing up Tom with the best intentions of hopefully the end game being that she can get over it and Luan doesn't give her the time of day Mm. and we have in Vermont another one of those scenes where Sonia talks about her transitioning as she coins it Um, (laughs) and (laughs) for God's sake 
I love her. When when you and Michael got married, I have to say it took me a few years to transition, but <laughs> I think I'm finally there. Like, yeah, it, it took a long time. It was it's a long winding road, wasn't it? But we got there in the end. It was helped um, by the fact that I gave you guys the best room when you came. So <laughs> that that really did seal the deal. You're right. But one thing I just want to this is like a crazy scene as well, where you know Ramona was in that phase where she had crazy long yes. hair extensions and she was really into curling. Yes, them, and she decided to curl Sonia's hair at the same time so they look identical they look like one another's stunt doubles it's, it's like Sonia looks insane and it's like flat on the top and then suddenly it just boings out oh, I love it anyway that's just by the by it's just to set the scene but Tom comes up in conversation because this is the thing it's not like don't talk about Tom Luann does talk about him incessantly but only on her terms mm-hmm. and from her perspective and so then Sonia says that she's transitioning, as in she's gradually accepting the fact that Tom and Luan are now husband and wife and that her dalliance with him is in the past. That's all I believe that she was saying. But Luan doesn't get it. And it cuts to her talking head where she's saying, what does Sonia think we have to transition to? A partouze? And then <laughs> Bravo gives the, like, the little dictionary definition at the bottom telling us that it means an orgy. So Luan either genuinely thinks that Sonia wants to have a threesome with her and Tom or is joking about it. But either way, like you've misunderstood again and you're diminishing Sonia's feelings. Like Sonia may be delusional, but she can't drop it without saying her piece. You know, she is a cartoon, but she also does have feelings, regardless of how frivolous you may think they are. And it would just be much easier if Luan just humoured her and said, thank you, Sonia, I appreciate that. And then they could have all moved on. Sure. I feel like the truth is the Luan-Tom bubble is a mighty fragile one that is very easily burst in the end. And what we basically see is two seasons of just how fragile and precarious it is. And it almost requires Luan in particular to never step back and to never have any kind of awareness or closure. Otherwise, it can't exist. And that almost feels indicative of why the marriage implodes so quickly mm-hmm. is it doesn't take much. It feels like the second Luan steps back or sees the bigger picture, it can't be fixed, which I think comes back to when I was saying last week about how when Tom is caught cheating one week into their engagement, she goes back to New York and stays in a hotel for something like one night. Right. Even that, I think if she'd stayed in a hotel for a week, she would have got off the Tom train. But even the fact then that she didn't get off, I think, is what allows it to keep going. And it's almost with Sonia, if she almost stopped and had that self-awareness and had some closure or took in that information, it almost would be too fragile to even take that. So I think we have these two strange seasons with Luan and Tom of Luan having to keep peddling whatever story she needs it to be as you're saying Mm. in this season in particular a sort of i want to talk about tom but don't talk about tom story and when it says at the end of the show is it at the end of the show or the end of the reunion where they reveal that the marriage lasts five months i think it says at the end of the of the season finale and then they also have a thing at the beginning of the reunion where they say like oh this was filmed a week before Right. She announced, yeah, they, they make a point of, you know, ramming right. the point home that this was a short-lived marriage. And, come, and it's no surprise to any of us, right? Because I think there's an awareness mm-hmm. that that right. had to happen at some point. At some point, Luann had to come down off of the kind of pink cloud that she's in with Tom. So right. I do think her, her blinkered insistence on keeping mm-hmm. it moving and not engaging... Mm-hmm 
is part of her survival. It's part of why she's lasted as long as she yes, has. Yes, that's what I mean. But yeah. it is also her downfall in a way as well. And it does feel a bit like a Greek tragedy. It's such a fool's errand, this insistence on mm-hmm. painting this marriage as being anything, as being completely perfect. And it's like Luan was cursed to be the only one not to see it and it's like bethany's the oracle like telling her that she will be betrayed at the regency right right (laughs) and she's completely disregarded the warning and like sonia and ramona are the chorus like pleading with her to open her eyes and she just won't she's it's she's hubristic and it it is her fatal flaw sonia and ramona is two old hags yeah (laughs) fortune telling over over the golden thread right right (laughs) I like to think Dorinda is some kind of comedy watchman character who does a sort of comedy speech at the top of at the top of the piece. And Tinsley's like the daughter who gets sacrificed at the very beginning <laughs> off stage. <laughs> so Mrs. D'Agostino no more. Luan yes. and Tom come to an untimely, if not totally expected, end. Mm-hmm. And what's I was about to say funny, but funny is the wrong word, but it's interesting that what ends their marriage is nothing new or any, or particularly more shocking. It's effectively what the women have been saying to Luanne for the last two years. Right. They end up completely correct. There's no leg for Luanne to stand on to say, no, it wasn't the thing you guys were saying. It actually ended up being this or he actually murdered my family. It is yeah. exactly the thing that they have said again and again. I think he's cheating on you or I think he will cheat on you. Five months into their marriage, she says, I couldn't stay because he was cheating on me. Yeah, it wasn't even like it In many ways, feels like she's just wasted our time. It wasn't even in that sense. It wasn't even like I caught him cheating again. It was just he kept going out and I asked him to stay in. It was just such an anticlimactic end and something, yeah, that we all saw coming apart from her. It was such an anticlimactic end. And I think it's an interesting position for Luan to be in because she... Coming into season 10, she wants to get it out the way very quickly. Yes. She doesn't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. I think it's very unsatisfying as a viewer, consequently, because I think we, we, maybe unfairly, considering it's supposedly their reality, but I think we're kind of out for blood when it comes to... We've just watched two seasons of Luanne being completely obstinate in the face of all of these women's pleas. And now she has to turn around and say that they were right. And she she really does try and move through that very, very quickly uh, and to kind of cover it up with a horrendous, inappropriate, inoffensive amount of bronzer and oh showing God, up yeah. as Diana In Ross. literal blackface. Blackface. Oh my God. I don't understand how a bigger deal of isn't made of that. Uh, so at that show. point, it's safe to say that we've got our old Lou back and um, this isn't going to be her year. And it, yeah, it's it, she, it's this comically oversized yeah. Afro wig. It's about the size of a small child. Like she could have Tom held hostage inside it. It's. It, I, I mean, I know we're looking over the archives here, but this was not that it was ever appropriate, but this was only two years ago. And it is, is insane that we kind of don't talk about that more. It's horrific completely insane and it's insane that bethany of all people sort of sticks up for her on this and implies first of all kind of jokes that you know it's luann and you've got to hand it to her she has so little self-awareness that it's quite funny but then 
I think generally the women do a really poor job of holding Luanne to account for right. that and sort of try yeah. to say, no, she put on a bit of bronzer. That is not a bit of bronzer. Also, even if she hadn't caked on, whatever you want to call that, turning up in a 10-foot afro as Diana Ross is inappropriate full stop. I, so, I, I, are you kind of really surprised though by the reactions? I feel like they exact uh, they reacted exactly how I thought they would. Carol was the only one who was quite rightly offended. Dorinda was then next in line. Well, she's the moral backbone Bethany, of the show. Bethany, yeah. Bethany kind of, because yeah, she's true. smart and she's quick, she kind of tricks you into thinking that she's a bit more woke than she actually is. But Bethany's kind of very 80s and I think she ha- does have quite backwards social... She is very 80s, but you know what else? I also think Bethany was very conveniently unoffended by it because and it's something that really bugs me on the show with all these women it feels like bethany went into that season yes i know yeah as luann's ally in a really irritating way that it's this show it just and i get it of course it's how the show has to work but they all flip-flop between each other so much and it's quite hard i think for the viewers moral compass to keep track of what appears to be a genuine friendship and what is for convenience's sake because two seasons ago we were watching Luan get laid into Bethany and called a snake and I really believed that whole scene as as these two women we've talked about it for like the whole first episode of this endless series on Luan that they're sort of black and white yin and yang or whatever and it's one thing to me for Bethany to be there for Luan it's another thing to suddenly say that something like this is funny rather than offensive purely because Mm -hmm. you're on the outs with Carol who's very clearly it felt like it felt like she was okay with Luan doing this because she wasn't as close with Carol so it was almost contradictory to Carol's moral backbone on purpose as if everyone should get more of a sense of humor yeah I completely agree. I, I just think this first half of the season feels very much like vintage Lou. And there is a sense that the rug has been pulled out from under her and that she's been thrown off kilter a bit. And we kind of see her steadying herself by slipping back into her old habits, at like the countess persona, and then doubling down on it. So, And she's kind of trying to maintain maintain some sort of pride, as you said. And she's clinging to the only thing that gave her any status, which is her title. And the thing is, is that it was bothersome 10 years ago, but at least she was still in that world. But this time around, she's no longer married to the Count. And not only that, she herself has remarried. So she has, in fact, lost her courtesy Countess title anyway. Like, she's not a Countess in any Mm -hmm. way, shape or form. So not only is it irritating, it's also invalid this time. And it gets to the point where she does retrogress into this weird, crusty, dowager caricature from the turn of the century. And she kind of carries that energy through of turning up in blackface. So that meeting that she has in Tinsley, do you remember where she starts waffling on about how, like, she loves to play dress up and she, like, surprised her husband in Morocco by dressing up as a Moroccan princess. Oh, yes! Not only is it tone deaf, it's such a weird colonial thing to do. Like, this probably happened in 1997 do you know what i mean and she's talking i know exactly what character from like an evelyn ward novel or something and it's just like yes yes a hundred percent and it's funny because she's also doing that in the face of the others i mean i'm not sure you know i'm sure you could argue whether they go about it the right way but the truth is they're all sort of looking for her to own the last two seasons and the storyline and like you say she's regressed back 10 Mm -hmm. years she has no interest in 
looking back over the recent right. past. Instead, like you say, she's right back to vintage Luan. And like really glamorizing it and romanticizing it. And it's it's mm. it's almost she's slipping into like Sonia territory at this point. Oh, I so agree. And yeah. It's really annoying as well because I think it's at the same meeting with Tinsley where Luann's because she doesn't want to talk about the marriage but she certainly wants everyone to tell her how sorry they are about the marriage imploding and she really has a bit in her bonnet about the fact that Carol didn't say anything and Luann compares her relationship with Tom to Carol's relationship with Adam in its most literal sense and reasons that it wasn't the same and that because hers was a marriage and Carol's you know hasn't been consecrated in a church it is less important It really bugs me that moment because as Bethany points out at the end of the season before, Carol's relationship is the healthiest of anyone Mm -hmm. and has lasted the longest and seems to be not only this sort of three-year relationship in which they've also lived together in that time, but they're also trying to undo it amicably and to be conscious of each other's feelings. In a way, how dare Luanne even begin to compare the two let alone consider her relationship above it mm. what luan didn't have a marriage it was a hot minute right. like right. your husband was cheating on you one week into your engagement and got caught and then continued clearly to do so it's as you say it's so fusty to imply that it somehow had more integrity by being consolidated in the eyes of god right. Then and she her and she continually insists that Adam was some sort of toy boy, when it categorically is shown on the on the show to have been a deep and meaningful and adult relationship. Exactly. It it really taps into it's pathetic. It is pathetic, and it, it it taps into that kind of like weird obsession that she has with titles that we we're talking about before, and the competitiveness that she's experiences right. with Carol specifically, and as we were saying yeah. before, not being able to see any further than that. It's like no, the women don't find her more interesting than you because she's a princess and you're a mere countess. It's everything else that yeah. Carol has experienced. So then Luanne does then start to kind of acquit herself. And she has that private moment with Bethany when they're in the Hamptons. And she says, you know what? You were right. I should have listened to you. And then she later yeah. does say that to the table. So she starts to kind of slow. <laughs> in that Greek restaurant. Never gets old. Um, Never gets old. And she says what we needed her to say all along. And what she should have said to Sonia last season of, look, I'm a bit embarrassed. I don't quite Mm. feel comfortable talking about the ins and outs of the marriage right now, but just kind of bear with me, which is kind of all they needed to hear. And and, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And she laughs at herself as well. And she's like, you were totally right. Yeah. So then we think, okay, great. Everything's going to be fine this whole season. And then whoo boy, halfway through the season, it's Christmas. They all go their separate ways. And we are then slapped around the face with a Luan mugshot. And it's terrifying. She looks like Ted Bundy. She does. It's honestly... She looks like my sleep paralysis demon sitting on me. <laughs> she's got a real, like, one eyebrow raised, a real grin. She's... A- <laughs> like she's going to eat your soul. Yeah, I yeah, absolutely. Uh so the the ins and outs of the arrest were oh, fucking hell, I I I hope I've got it right. But doesn't she Can we even I mean, you're right. Let's just breeze through this quickly. She goes to stay with a friend in Palm Beach or Jupiter or somewhere in that part of Florida. And yeah. she's staying at this person's apartment, but there's a really loud cat. <laughs> God's sake. And Luanne can't <laughs> sleep because of the cat. So then apparently she just decides to get up in the middle of the they night. They really should have given her a better room. 
it's a recurring theme with her. <laughs> I know she it? just got divorced. I bet she was begging for the fish room <laughs> at this point. So then right. she checks herself into a hotel, which seems to be like the Floridian version of the Regency. And it's one that she went to with Tom all the time. And it gave her lots of bad memories. And she was drinking. Cool. Not so smart. And then yeah. she had a dalliance with a, a man that she knew, which, you know, took him upstairs to try and fuck him. But she was so wasted that she got off on the wrong floor. And a maid was like turning down the room of someone else's someone else's room. And then she walked in with the guy and started trying to shag him, basically. And then suddenly security <laughs> knocked on the door and asked them to leave and she wouldn't. And then the police came and then she kicked an officer in the leg. They chucked her in the back of the police car. She managed to slip out of her handcuffs, which is that, you know, she's a tough cookie. And then threatened to kill them all. So good old fashioned family fun all around, basically. Basically, your typical pre-pandemic Thursday night. <laughs> happens to the best of us. My favourite bit is when the officer threatens to hogtie her. You don't want to say that to Luanne. She'll try anything once. <laughs> it's just so, it's so American. <laughs> Everything about it. It's, mean, it's yeah, so yeah. condensed. It's like pure, unfiltered. Right. USA. So then we're treated to all these breaking news headlines and then we get all these very sad, somber uh, talking yeah. heads from Luan and she's going on about how traumatizing it was that night that she spent in the cell. And listen, I'm, I'm sure it was and I don't want to take anything away from that, but there's also something about this wealthy white woman from the Upper East Side lamenting her situation when she attacked an officer and lived to tell the tale when so many other people in this country have died for so much less you know yeah i also just feel like it begins this uh, you may disagree with me on this mm. but i watched real housewives of beverly hills and i look at kim richards and i go god that woman has a problem has a has a drinking problem has a disease and that is really difficult to watch and to be honest i look at sonia and i think sonia has a problem mm-hmm. And in the most recent series, I have to say, I look at Dorinda and I go, Dorinda has a problem with alcohol. I don't think Luanne has a disease. I don't think Luanne, personally, has a drinking problem. I sort of feel like Luanne drinks too much and has no self-awareness and behaved very badly that one night i think she's a mess and i think she's a bit all over the place but i don't believe she has a problem with alcohol and i have to say i think what happens after this point i'm with bethany on luann cashing in on her sobriety as the new most interesting thing about her ellie i'm with you 100 percent on everything you said i think that it's it's one of the greatest ironies of real Housewives of new york that luann is the one who she's the one who has least of a problem with alcohol and she's the only one who actually got caught mm. and has been forced to go to to aa mm. and she does have once again picks several lanes when she talks about her relationship with alcohol from this point on and it's very strategic depending on what scenarios she's in so she's very quick to you know as soon as she's not she's she's not legally required to anymore she's back on the booze straight away and she's sipping up you know the vodka soda at her her new show but then whenever she's been put in a corner and held to account quite rightly 
for ways in which she's hurt her friends. She kind of dangles the alcoholism over their heads a bit and kind of, you, you know, totally. I know I'm getting ahead of myself here, but when Bethany she, freaks out, no, she's like, she I'm going to go and break my alcoholism, you know, and get fall off the wagon. She, I feel like she, she uses it in both a manipulative way, but she also uses it to excuse herself a lot. And I feel like it both becomes a reason everyone has to be nice to her or be gentle with her or be understanding of her behavior. Everything is kind of comes back to drinking after this point and is either you don't understand how hard it is for me to be around you guys and not drink and that's insensitive but she also as you say uses it slightly as a threat of you may make me start drinking again Mm -hmm. Uh, or cabaret is the only thing stopping me from drinking right i'm a bit like i I don't think you have a drinking problem. I don't think cabaret is the thing stopping you from drinking. I just think you really like doing cabaret. To be honest, I think drinking puts her back at the centre of attention. And I think Luanne's quite into that. There's something very telling. I know I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself here, but when they go to Miami and Luanne brings Sonia with her to the... AA meeting. I was yeah. And I was thinking of there's, that. There's it happens twice that season where Tinsley goes with her and then Sonia goes with her. And two things I want to say. Both times Tinsley and Sonia are really heavily affected by what they've heard in the meeting. It's really perturbed them. And Luan is as breezy as anything. And Tinsley's trying to talk about how it brought up all these feelings about her, how her dad was an alcoholic mm-hmm. and he died f- falling over in a drunken stupor. And it's like a throwback to her thing with Jules, where Luan's like waffling on about not having enough sugar for her coffee or something she's just not listening and then when in Miami Luann goes Sonia's really bothered she has a bit of a breakdown and Luann doesn't seem to notice and also Sonia says a few things that when they were at the meeting Luann was almost treating it as an extension of her cabaret show and she was like up and doing stand up and being funny and loved kind of you know getting to tell her story it it feels a bit like when a friend has a new diet they're obsessed with or when kids get told that they need to wear glasses and suddenly they're obsessed with their glasses, it feels like a new interesting thing about her. And as you say, a sort of extension of, maybe this is really unfair, but her breeziness with those meetings and so on is because I think she's, I don't think she finds not drinking enjoyable, but I think that's the side of not drinking she finds enjoyable. Mm if that makes sense. Now, I don't drink, and I have to say, I totally agree. Being around people who drink the amount that these women do and not drinking must be rough. It must be really horrible. I kind of feel like if she really had a drinking problem and really accepted that, she might decide she doesn't want to be on this show anymore. I just, I don't know if I, I buy the weight that she gives it and as you say I do feel like she picks and chooses I think she picks and chooses the gravity of her drinking problem yes and it makes me think of I don't I think maybe in the most recent series uh when they are all out at a bar or bowling or something I can't remember and she goes to take a sip of yeah the drink and and Ramona says that's vodka that's vodka and she still drinks it and basically quite quietly just slips back into drinking that season and no one really says anything she kind of drinks it with like she sips it with like a bit of a a wink you know and a a cheeky grin of like i'm back baby right and i think that sums it up for me i don't i don't look at that person and go i i think you have a problem i think that you're you're sick i i i mean (laughs) that would be quite a patronizing way to look at anyone but um so then we have this 
horrible period, a horrible, horrible, dark, disgusting, twisted period where Luan is not drinking and she has replaced this one addiction with another, which is in this case cabaret. And I would argue it's actually more destructive than any kind of alcoholism. <sighs> I'm so glad we're finally on to talking about cabaret. It's the worst. I said to you when you came to visit me last time we were in New York, how, and this is just one of my favorite things about Luan, and it just sums up everything about her and cabaret, how there was a time where she had these posters for her show and it had quotations of reviews on it. And she had one on it that said, inspiring. And then underneath it said it was from the New York Times. And someone on Twitter did some digging and apparently she lifted that from an article she did with the New York Times where they were writing about her cabaret. And it said, Luan went to see this show in New York, blah, 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 inspiring her to put on her own cabaret show. Ah. <laughs> it's outrageous. <laughs> Even for her. That's so funny. Oh, I can't believe There's There's many reasons why the the cabaret period of the countess is potentially her worst look but and i actually think this will split people because i'm sure some people love the cabaret i get why it could be a really fun night out one facet of it that bugs me as someone who does one woman show, who sort of does cabarets i know this it sounds really petty but in her first one when they show clips of all of her guests it does make me wonder how much of the cabaret Luan does. She seems to just wear eight different outfits and occasionally do what I personally think are not particularly like witty excerpts from this giant prop diary and then sing Money Can't Buy You Class to Billy Stritch's piano and then get Sonia up to kind of join in and sing Jingle Bells at the end and she's done. I don't feel that Luan has to do that much heavy lifting in her shows so when she's obsessed with being a cabaret star i'm a bit like you're a host you're an MC. no i i agree i i have not seen the show myself however i do have it on good authority that it is very much more friends than countess in this show and i think right. that she uses this reading from a diary prop as a nice excuse to just not learn her lines as well which is crazy because she's barely on stage and she's been doing this for about 40 years at this point it feels like and also not to be so snobbish or anything i don't know maybe you can tell me i don't really feel like what she's doing well i don't know maybe it is cabaret but i just feel like there's a kind of a like not like a griminess to it but there's something very underground about cabaret and it just kind of loses its luster when she's then doing it in these like huge stadiums in new jersey somewhere that she's kind of like lost it like it's not even real cabaret anymore like who, who and she kind of talks about it as if she's coined it for the first time like we've already seen an instance of cabaret on the show proper in sonia's cabaret like it is a cheetah brand she is literally the tipsy girl of the cabaret world <laughs> She is. I think you're right that I think it's her her self-appointment as a cabaret star that really bugs me because in a way the skill of cabaret or one-man shows should lie in saying something new about material or bringing why your relationship to the material gives it something new to say. That's sort of what I think cabaret should be whether that's your connection to the songs you're singing or the stories you're telling or the audience uh, there's an intimacy with the audience presumably you know? that's what yeah and the truth is if someone's going to go and see jessica vosk in cabaret at 54 below they're not just going to see jessica vosk sing they're going because they want jessica vosk's take on 
that song on this particular song and her relationship with that song and what her relationship to that song was inspired by and so the skill with cabaret is to be able to talk and entertain and to engage an audience whilst delivering these songs and and what they mean to you and I sort of feel that Luann misses out on every single one of those things I've said in terms of she's singing her own songs live I think if she was just a singer, then fair enough. It's the same as all of her records. Like I, I would argue that that hasn't changed particularly, that she just gets up and sings her songs without any awareness, that she's not maybe a brilliant singer. But her hosting of Cabaret seems very lazy to me. Mm-hmm. I think I'm being a real snob about this, but I feel that what she's doing, to me, just doesn't feel that different to Tinsley being the presenter on the circus mm-hmm. evening. For example, she's a celebrity host. Yes. Like when people hire celebrities to announce acts and whenever they show footage of the cabaret, I feel like, yes, that's Tony Yazbak doing incredible tap dancing. Mm. Yes, that's, you know, Laura Bonatti singing beautifully a, a song. When I look at Luann, I don't get what her special skill is that she's bringing. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for your insight. You are the head of... Cabalesque studies at Yale so I thank I thank I am a cabaret star (laughs) you're a maven back here in London I mean the thing is a lot of our listeners won't necessarily know that but you know I I I do I I I have been called the Countess Luanne of the West End and uh (laughs) and the Guardian said that my performance was quote-unquote inspiring by which they meant I watched an episode of Real Housewives inspiring me to go on of course yeah yeah (laughs) right all right but I think you really you you made a, a point there with with Tinsley, and I think it's so true. Is that Tinsley also had the sense to only do it once, and I think that was the other thing. And I think we mm. all knew this was happening. It worked so well, season ten. We were this was like the grand comeback for Luann. She was a phoenix rising from the ashes, and it was a season finale. She did her cabaret show, and we all thought, "Great, good job, Lou." And they all were there as friends and supported her, even though it was a pile of poo. And they all supported, and that's but that's the really important thing is that she did it once. She wore, you know, 50 different Mm -hmm. dresses for the occasion. And apart from Dorinda heckling from the audience with one of the biggest sulks on that I think I've ever seen on the show, her face. (laughs) What a sourpuss. It's it's her face then and in Cartagena with the smudged lipstick that it's like those two... Those two sourpuss Dorindas. But the truth is, like you say, it's a big finale. She pulls it off once. And that one time, they're all really behind her. And you have Bethany saying, this is great. Luann's taking the mick out of herself. She's using her story in a funny Mm -hmm. way. And I think if it had ended there, all the stuff I just said, I don't think I would feel because I would feel that that was an appropriate one night big As you say, Phoenix rising from the ashes, sort of Luan having the self-awareness to laugh at her own journey and being back on her feet. But it morphs into this Hydra monster yes. where every time she does one cabaret, five more oh yes. seem to crop up. <laughs> That's so true. That's so apt. And they all have to go to all of them. It is. It's take, It's like the, the moment of her coming down the stairs in her 
bra and pants and with the sunglasses on being like don't be all uncool mm. and then cashing in on that it's that on crack it's now like in overload and there right. is you're right it's just it's spread quicker than the coronavirus it's that, there's but no like, stopping it bedazzled and she mm. and in classic Luann style she takes any kind of goodwill that she accrued from that last season and completely squanders it by talking incessantly about cabaret this that and the other as if anyone cares she can't read the room nobody's interested no I was just gonna say not only is no one interested but the truth is that like they've been interested but god knows in the last three years I've done four concerts and I'm amazed by anyone who's come to all four friends of mine because and I always say this to them it's amazing to me because I don't think I would go to four one woman concerts of the same friend partly because I would feel that I probably had seen it if I'd seen it once even if they are different shows but also I think that's an extraordinary level of showing up for someone and I'm so touched when people do that Luann seems to do something like 30 shows over the next six months and seems genuinely personally like affronted and offended that the women aren't showing up to all of them it's she's so short-sighted on that front and bethany puts it really well where she's like i i don't go to cabaret i wouldn't i i I came yeah i did i came to your cabaret but my whole life can't be coming to your cabaret right Uh now especially if from what we've first seen it's just that again and again and again and it's not even like luann has instances where she could return the favor for other people and she doesn't really bother so like when dorinda does her aerobics class we then get a really catty talking head of luann being like oh some things should stay in the 80s i mean i loved aerobics at the time but it's a little passe now you know it's just so totally it's so dismissive and patronizing and it's like how do you not see sure dorinda's class is rubbish but so's yours and do you honestly not think that the women do you think that they're sitting at your show that, genuinely but, having a great time after this many goes of it but yes i think she does and i think that uh, to be honest i think that the cabaret season of the show a lot of the women really vocalize how i think as a viewer i'd been feeling pretty much since the beginning with Luann. But in particular, during that season, Bethany puts it really well where she's saying about how, I think this is when they're at um, Luann's new home upstate, her sort of circular (laughs) cabaret pad. And Bethany's saying exactly what you've just said, that we've come and we have supported and we've made it about you. But when do we stop making it about you? And when do you make it about us? And Luann just isn't getting it and she keeps going around going yeah but you know about she's obsessed with the halloween thing that bethany that bethany left early and that is such a perfect crystallization of luann's problem that luann was late luann was late because she spent too long staring at herself in the mirror getting her hair done and practicing her dance moves it's one of my favorite clips of luann (laughs) running through money can't buy your class by herself in her weird nurse american football player outfit and zombie american nurse football player outfit please please but the point is she was late she should be the one apologizing it went up late Mm. her friends were there and had to go and instead the whole thing gets reflected as you haven't been supportive enough Mm. of me and bethany puts it very well where she's saying but you're not being supportive of me and my life and my choices honestly luann reaches such new heights of self-importance I I don't understand where she gets off from the scene of her... Every time she talks about Bethany and she's on this weird new high horse of, oh, we all have to bow down to Bethany, Queen Bethany. There's that shot where she goes like, Bethany, yeah. Bethany, Bethany. And 
Bethany makes the point of saying, well, you shouldn't be saying anything bad about me. Everyone is supporting her. And she, you know what, James, I've gone on such a channel. I, I, I have no idea where I've been going with this. I went down like four different points and I didn't end any of them. I think Please take what over. you were saying, there's that scene. Can we just talk briefly about the Christmas cabaret where all of that, all the worst facets of Luan and her relationship with cabaret come to a head. You know where she expects mm-hmm. them all to come because it's a right. slightly different show because she's singing Jingle Bells. Jingle Bells. Um, and this is one of those moments where Ramona's mouth is actually, it becomes a force for good because all the women are complaining about how they've been invited. So Ramona takes one for the team and has a moment with Luann and she tactfully explains to Luann that they all you know, love and support her, but they can't keep coming to the show because they don't want to see Luann working on stage. And then Ramona rubs salt into the wound by announcing that she's actually thrown a party that she's invited all the other women to at exactly the same time. So she's essentially double booked <laughs> them all um, and guaranteeing that none of them will be able to come and watch Luann's show of Bar- Barbara Kay. Poor, devoted, tragic Barbara Kay. Poor Barbara Kay. But the thing is, is that Dorinda and Sonia and Tinsley, I think, they're still good sports and they go out of their way to drop by Luann's show beforehand. They come to the dressing room, Mm. bring her flowers to wish her well, keep her some company before the show. First, and like we've said, it's like the umpteenth Countess and Friends cabaret they've been drag kicking and screaming to. And even though they're not seeing it, they've come. And Luann behaved awfully all season. And within two minutes of them being there, Luann's muttering to her hairdresser about how they they have to leave. And Sonia's like, oh, it's mm. okay. She needs to do the work. As if like Luann needs some peace and quiet to do some vocal warmers. Like, I don't know what prep she does, but sh- she ain't doing her arpeggios. You know what I mean? And she's out, she's talking. She's like, oh, these people don't know. They have no idea. They, they don't know what goes into something like this. As if she's like going to sing at the national, like she's going to sing at the inauguration or something. It's so dismissive Honestly, and snobbish. Honestly, her... her- I couldn't agree more. And her levels of self-importance burst through the roof and like through the clouds. Like It's such a hard watch because the truth is all of them have had their moments. God knows Ramona every season has that self-importance to think that it all revolves around her. But even she's sort of agog Mm -hmm. at where Luanne has taken it to. Both, as you say, in her dismissiveness of all of them and their lack of understanding how as if she's curing cancer how difficult her work is when the truth is what she's doing is just a glorified version of what they all do already they're on a tv show as entertainment performing she's just doing that live none of them can sing she's just yeah the first one she can't sing either it's really not yeah it's really not a million miles away from things that they have all got up and done so yeah it's it's you're so right yeah no it, it would be one thing for her to say, you know what, I I need to do cabaret. It's the only thing I have going on in my life. And I am a bit obsessed with it. Like I would even, I would accept that. But it is that mm. she's making it out, like you say, that she she and she alone can do this. And it, she has this weird dedication to her craft. But the show is rubbish. That's the whole point. Mm. She may be bringing joy to a lot of people, but that's primarily because they're all blind drunk. Which is like another orc, like it's another also, we've uncomfortable seen clips facet. in the show. She gets up and she's just herself. Hasn't she also argued for the last 10 seasons that she's a singer and that that's what she does? So this really shouldn't yeah. be that big a deal. I know, right. It's- but the, the, none of them, but the, the, the audience, do you not think that's weird that you can't say that you're an alcoholic and have, you know, make out that 
you know, you're really struggling with some issues here and then make money off of plying people with alcohol and performing with them and kind of being in that world. Like those well, are two- I think that point is, I think that point is made that I think by Andy Cohen in one of the reunions that Cabaret feels like a, a strange environment for Luanne to be placing herself in again and again because there is a strong relationship with alcohol and a lot of her audience is drunk and it is sort of put to her, do you think that that's a safe space for you if you're struggling with alcohol issues which she totally refutes and says that she's fine only to then slip up in these very strange sort of self-sabotaging well I was going to say self-sabotaging but the truth is I think she drinks because I don't think she has a drinking problem so I don't I don't don't think it is self-sabotage but I to be honest I believe Luanne when she says cabaret is the thing that's getting her through and the reason why is because she's thriving off of an attention and an adoration you know how we talked in one of the other episodes about when the guy on the way to sandbar when the guys are singing her song and she practically orgasms yeah this is like that times a thousand this is a load of people singing her music back at her giving her that recognition that let's be honest she's been desperate for ever since as you said she walked into that jill bethany argument and ordered a taxi to get her out of here because she's wanted it to be about her Mm. from the beginning and now it feels to her like it is and she's on a complete high it's like a drug high from these cabarets because they're an opportunity for her to go out and be the center of attention it's there's such a sadness to it because the attention it is you're so right it is like the two gays at the sandbar but there it not only is it a piss takery but also these people are so wasted i honestly think you could send out a drag queen in a Giovanni dress singing Money Can't Buy You class and the crowd would be so far gone. They'd be none the wiser and just think it was Lou. And, you know, the the drag queen would probably sing the song better and would be more of a professional. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's such like a... To me, Luann's cabarets are a bit like, Luann might as well just go out and have a wank on stage. To me, that it's like the series of dresses she wears sum that up so perfectly that it's so unnecessary It's so unnecessary to have nine costume changes in an hour-long show. And I think one of the things that annoys me is all of her stress over the show is self-made stress. And I think that's what's so frustrating about watching her be dismissive of the other women is the truth is the reason this is stressful isn't because you are flying out in a helicopter to send aid to a poorer Mm. country and you're scared. The reason you're stressed is because you have to get in and out of a load of dresses that you have chosen to get in and out of in front of people because you wanted to wear. She's getting stressed out by her own self-indulgence. Right, can we talk about the Miami trip? Because that's really where everything comes to a head. Yes. In terms of people are sick to death of Luanne and Cabaret and it all just kind of boils over. And they're Mm. really bothered with her. And I'm intrigued to kind of pick over the the foreplay, if you will, before this big dinner fight, because I want to see where you're at here and how you feel about it. (laughs) It's me. It's safe to assume that I'll I'll, (laughs) I'll probably be hating Luan. Fair enough. All right. So we kind of start with it's when it really gets going is the night after when Sonia gets really gone and she is so wasted that she falls off her chair and she like hits her head and they have to call the paramedics and they blur their faces out and like distort their voices. Do you remember? Yes, absolutely and then the next day bethany's like enough is enough and kind of forces more or less sonia to come to an aa meeting with luann 
And then Luan is like, yeah, Sonia, come with me. It will be good for you. And Luan doesn't really want to go. And she kind of says, no, I've kind of been there, done that. Like, I don't think it works for me. But just to appease everybody, she goes with them. And as I said earlier, it really, really affects her. And Luan and Sonia then go and meet the other women at a hotel to sit by the pool and have some lunch. And when Some truffle fries. Some truffle, yeah, importantly. And on the journey over, Sonia's like going over in her head about all these horrible stories that she's heard and she I think she really is an empath and she you could tell that she was really kind of absorbing all of the emotion mm. from the, the trip and she was thinking about how people have become homeless from it and, and this uh, I think it is really worth, lives I think it is worth saying as well that as well as these women do at drinking an insane amount and then the next morning picking themselves up and heading straight out to a yoga class I simply do not believe that it doesn't affect them and I certainly look at Sonia in this scene and think she was unbelievably blind drunk the night before. Yeah. It can't go unnoticed, surely, that she must be feeling super fragile and emotional and all over the place. And I think that's the other thing that there's a real lack of awareness from with Luann, that if you know your friend was that far gone, and she does know that this is going to be quite an overwhelming experience. And as I think we were saying earlier, because Luann seems to kind of thrive off of these meetings, there's no sense in the car of of her checking how Sonia might feel from having had that. There's a, there's a smugness to Luann's having shown her that world. And I feel like Luann almost wants Sonia to have found it shocking or whatever so that she can keep going yeah i know well you know that's yeah that's that's what i'm she almost wants to use it more as a way to show what she's going through rather than to check how sonia found the experience and that's what i think they all keep trying to say which is like luann keeps coming across as quite smug and that's why sonia i think keeps getting upset and saying you're being patronizing Mm-hmm. And you know that there's that moment when they're agreeing whether Sonia's going to go to the meeting. She's saying it's okay for Bethany to say it. She's saying because she's coming from a place of concern, but you're being patronising. And the truth right. is, that's exactly how it feels when they come out the meeting, which is, it feels like if Bethany had been there, she would be checking how did Sonia feel? How did how did it feel maybe going to something like that? And, yeah. and Luann's being far more patronising in that car journey by just making it about her and how she's just shown Sonia her world. But it plays into the the dynamic of their friendship where, you know, they have a lot of history together, but I think Luan will only ever see Sonia as her Sonia Rita, you know, just mm, this like totally. silly floozy who's a bit of a court jester and doesn't really... Totally. Con- yeah. So then they get to the, the pool and they go to the cabana and... Sonia is really bothered by the fact that there's water and there's... Yeah, she has this quite upsetting reaction. I was re-watching that episode the other day and I thought, gosh, it's really... It's one of those Tennessee Williams moments Sonia has of she's having a hysterical moment. The epitome of a hysterical moment. Yeah. When she's, she's upset about the sand, she's upset that there's water places and she keeps going, this is not good. She's like, there's, there's a bucket here. Like, what is this about? And it's one of the, you know, like, it's, it's, it's not about the sand. It's not about the sand. It's everything but the sand. It's not about the sand and the cabana. And I, I will say it does just get a bit hysterical in general. Like everyone's then flitting around Sonia, like trying to calm her down. They're like following her in a pack. And then Luan 
I I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt where she's like, Sonia, let's let's go for a dip in the pool. You know how? But let's let's all go for a dip in the pool. Don't be all you know like on pool. Let's go to the pool. And I think she's trying to do it to like distract Sonia. Sometimes but, your Luan goes quite Barney the dinosaur. It's like, <laughs> okay, kids, let's all go to the pool. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Maybe she should sing that in her next show. <laughs> that, I do have it on good authority that Barney is going to be a guest on Luan's <laughs> next Countess and Friends show. So, and everyone, Bethany in particular, really pounces on Luan as if that was like a really insensitive, clueless thing to say, as if she's not cognizant of where Sonia's at right now, which I don't think is an entirely fair read because I think Luan was saying it and uh, like, how about like, wouldn't that be fun, Sonia? Yeah, trying to lighten the mood. It wasn't like Luan was just stomping her feet be being honest, like, but I want to go yeah. in the pool. Why can't we all, you know? To be honest, I feel like they're all just not into Luan at that moment. And because we're talking as if it started on this day, but the truth is it's been seeping in the night before Luan stormed off in an argument and they're all... I, I feel like the response is because it feels like a very Luan reaction to rather than ask what's wrong or listen, she does, I suppose, pile on with quite a my solution is for us to do the thing that I kind of want to do right now. So I I don't know. I think whilst you're right, it may not be malicious from Luan, mm. but I I think the response is because people just aren't feeling her right now. I think, yeah. I So I think it seems a little short-sighted. It just seems, that I feel like there's no right way of dealing with Sonia in this moment in time. I don't mean this in a dismissive way, but it's a bit like dealing with a toddler who's having a tantrum in Sonia, where there's like, there's no reasoning clearly with Sonia right now. You just need to like distract her or <laughs> yes, do something but, to divert the energy to another task. But I guess one argument would be that, bearing in mind that Bethany was there for Luann's intervention, I guess the argument would be that someone like Bethany has been there for Luann's hysterical moments and has had it being about Luann and I think maybe feels Luann's being quite insensitive to someone else having a moment bearing in mind that Bethany really does think Sonia maybe has a problem at this point Mm -hmm. and they've had this night before with Sonia getting quite scary drunk and Bethany has suggested this meeting so I suppose in that moment there's a sense from the other women that that this may be the way, this may be Sonia having a really bad reaction to having gone to that meeting. And this is the time for us to all be there for Sonia's hysterical moment. I guess it feels a little insensitive for for Luann, who has been just as bad as that, if not much worse in the recent past, and they've been there for her, to seem a little dismissive of it. Yeah, no, no, I see that. Yeah, I I think there's a lot going on there and it's very nuanced. It just doesn't, it, it... Bethany gives a talking head that kind of rubs me up the wrong way where she really simplifies it where she says Luann's abandoning people Luann abandoned Sonia to go swimming and she abandoned Barbara to go to AA where it's like yeah sure I mean that's yeah it's it's I think Bethany really has a hard on for Luann at this point it's clear you know I just feels at this point now whatever Luann can't do any right and that is just fitting into whatever their kind of like their argument is that they have against Luann that they've they're going to present to her that evening yeah I guess just to the tale of what I was saying is even though I do think that's a very simplified way of saying it the whole thing with Barbara and with I think all of the women and I think this is what Dorinda was really upset about that night in Cartagena when she felt Luann was saying oh she's turning is I think the other women get very upset when Luann appears to be 
condescending or to act as if she's above them or to judge them or to be dismissive of them, considering they've seen Luan be in such bad places. Mm-hmm. I think I think this is an extension of that Dorinda thing of going, I've been with you through all of this stuff and I didn't judge you and I held your hand through that or Bethany's whole thing of you were running across the field in a negligee or whatever. I've been there for that. Mm-hmm. So for you to suddenly seem a little dismissive or condescending or to distance yourself from us as if you are doing your own thing and you don't want to be part of that, it f- feels a bit insulting, mm-hmm. I think, to the other women. The truth is, Luanne should just have more humility than she has. Right. And she has none. Right. At all. Anyway, continue. So then they sweep Sonia out. Sons truffle fries. Sons truffle fries, importantly. Luanne stays to go for a swim and then she goes to the beach and the women, they get the food to go and then they open up the food when they're back at the villa and they're like, there's no truffle fries. And they're really freaking out about these truffle fries. And I completely relate. Like, I know what it's like Like when you're, you've I gotten totally yourself prepared. I, I was really cross and like salivating at the same time watching this scene. They're all bent out of shape about it. So they text Luanne to kind of like pick up these truffle fries and then we just have a shot of Luanne sipping her Diet Pepsi being like, oh... And without a care in the world. And then she goes for a swing by the theatre that she's performing at and takes a look at her poster. And she's like, oh, my God. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny because by this point, I think what's so entertaining with Luanne is how she never fails to be impressed by herself. and. With something like that, it's so funny that supposedly she's done about 30 cabarets at that point. So not to put it down, but it, it's not the most incredible poster in the world. It's, right. I, I, I feel like I've had a poster about that big of me. And sure, once it's exciting. But now that she's done it, the amount of time she has, it's so funny, her the way it takes her breath away. And it's <laughs> just on this kind of sidewalk in Miami. And it's just like a picture of her I feel like she's probably seen many times before, but she's acting as if it's the first time she's seen her name in lights. As if, also as if she's made it. It's like it's Carnegie Hall. Right. And she's she's finally got to the top and it's, oh, amazing. It's how I feel when I like stuff on the Housewives Archives Instagram from my own personal Instagram. I'm just like, oh, incredible. (laughs) (laughs) Follow us on Instagram. So Bethany then says like, oh, we're all a bit full from the Luann buffet. So I thought, great, Luann's gone off and done her own thing. It may be self-serving or dismissive or whatever, but I think this is probably for the best. I like, just give everyone a bit of a, a cooling down period, but they kind of use this to kind of like get together and just keep talking about Luann. And you, you kind of get the sense that they're all sort of winding each other up a bit at this point. And I think like mm. it is, sure, it's narcissistic for her to take a look at the poster and sure, it's narcissistic to get a stranger to take a picture of her with the poster, but it's not like she shuttled them all over to like on a pilgrimage to see them. No, you know, I, she took a quiet moment. I totally agree. I totally agree. And I think there can be a habit on this show of the women being very cross for someone not being a part of something when it happens a bit with Dorinda about Tinsley, where I think, but I don't think you want to spend time with Tinsley. So yeah. I'm so angry that Tinsley's not there. And I think that happens a bit on this trip that there's a sense of of all the women being a bit like you abandoned us to a yeah. Luan. And I feel like, but the truth is none of you are into Luan right now. So yeah, she comes in a back way, you're right. and they're all like, it's, oh, we it's missed It's good you. that she yeah. spends the afternoon by herself. I think the truth is they all just want to express some 
annoyance at Luan because I think her behaviour is very annoying. But the way that they try and frame it is, as you say, we miss you and, and we're upset because we feel like you don't want to spend time with us. And I do think that's wrong and incorrect and is the wrong fight to pick. Yeah, it just feels like one of those those classic housewives arguments where everyone's just a little bit off the mark. Yeah, well, or I think everyone's angry about a season's worth of stuff and they don't really have the the cause for an argument. So the exactly. truth is Barbara's upset because she feels abandoned across the whole season. Barbara has every right to be upset with Luanne. But as you say, the truth is Luanne not being there for that one afternoon is a good thing for Barbara. But it wasn't it even like... She... ingratiates her with the other women way That's more. That's the thing. I think the Barbara thing, it wasn't even like... Sure, it's her saying that she feels abandoned or she can't fit in with the women. But what it actually felt, it was like one of those meta things where I think she realised that she's not cut out to be on the show and she can't keep up with these women. Mm. And she had like a bit of a breakdown about that. And then Bethany kind of saying, well, Luanne's not here. Where's your best friend Luanne? It was kind of like trying to fit that awkwardly. On I don't know. I kind of, I do agree with you, but I do think the Barbara Luanne thing is one of those really sad friendships where at the beginning, it feels like they're so close because Luanne needs Barbara and is being thankful to her but once that runs out Luan gives nothing back with Barbara so I do think what's sad is that what we watch over the season is the realization that Luan's just quite a crappy friend to yeah. Barbara Kay. That Barbara's face when Luan says at dinner under her breath well she was my friend it breaks my heart oh. it's so I feel terrible. You know the Barbara. you know the bit I can't stand is it's just yeah it's quite a, a Luan moment whether she you know deserves the dinner that happens or not but so at this point they all go out for dinner that yeah. evening and Luanne makes the mistake of showing up to the dinner and in a classic Vermont style, coming straight <laughs> in with the complaint that oh she God. got her massage last because she'd been out for the afternoon. She got her massage last and then consequently the person who does the blow dries was gone. So she had to do her own hair. And she's got this pout on about it. And it's terrible timing because by coming in with that all of the women's backs are up and it's a, a perfect condensed version of exactly what Luan yes. is most insufferable for doing so she does hand them that on a plate but there's this incredibly awkward moment where basically Barbara finds her voice and and says she felt and of course the problem with the show is it's never the time to do it it's not the time at a dinner full of women who are all really cross with Luanne and who all really have your back right now to say, I felt a little abandoned by you this morning when I was upset. But Luanne's reaction does really bug me when she... I don't know if I agree with the women saying she tries to, like, silence Barbara, but she tries to fix it by going, well, I'm going to give you a hug right now. And in the middle of Barbara being upset to sort of just, like, cuddle it away. Right. And there's a cutaway. I can't remember if it's Bethany who says about how Luann's realised she forgot to give Barbara her Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah. It's like she, she kind she, of forgot that she needed Barbara on side. It's like a really long laboured metaphor. She's like, oh, so Luann wasn't here today to give her her, her dose of Kool-Aid. So she Luann has to come up and give her the, the vapours for the Kool-Aid that, that's in Luann right. to shut Barbara up. But yes. I, I, I don't know how I feel about that because I, I think I... I Sure, let Barbara speak, but I don't think Luanne was just giving her a hug to just shut her up and expecting Barbara to then. No, not say I don't else. think. 
I don't think it was to shut her up, but I do wish Luanne in that moment had been mature enough to just listen to it and be like, I'm really sorry, you're right, I should have. I felt like it's a, to me, it's like a very patronising response as if Barbara's a child to, a bit like with Sonia, to me, it, it babies her and it makes Barbara seem quite silly as if it's like... Oh, yes, did I yes. not give you enough cuddles today? Rather than what you want in that moment from Luann, I think, is to see that there's a solid friendship there of going, I'm sorry, I didn't realise earlier that you, you needed me in that moment right. and my head was somewhere else and I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So I get why it's annoying what she does, but I don't think that she's trying to shut Barbara up. But all the women kind of try and um, help Barbara out a bit here, don't they? And one of them is Tinsley. And Tinsley is three sheets to the wind because before the dinner, she went off to go on a blind date with a guy. And it's That's so right. funny. She's like talking about how she's going to play it cool. They're all giving her some tips on yes. how to, to win the guy. They're filming it like guerrilla style footage. Like, I don't even know if the guy you literally threw a plant. She, of, yeah. like... <laughs> and then she's like waffling on about her chihuahuas and how she doesn't have kids. But does she want kids? But like, don't think I'm crazy. <laughs> she's she's like 15 minutes into a date and she's talking about how she wants kids and i honestly watch it's her on that so date good. and think oh i'm okay like exactly. i'm i'm okay on yeah. dates <laughs> yeah what not to do we're all good so she's a bit tipsy and she's um she's saying to luann like you never stick up to her and then luann goes but what uh and it's it's and, like and i'm sorry but it is an awful thing to do and it yeah. sums up exactly what i was saying before that these women have been through Luann at such low points that for Luann to do that and to do something that appears both judgmental but also mocking is quite unspeakable considering supposedly what these women have been through with Luann. Mm -hmm. It's that classic, it's that countess thing of to have this moral high ground or self-importance when you yourself a few months ago were trying to get your kids to give you six million pounds to buy a house it's like where do you get off placing yourself above someone who's drunk it really yeah it gets bethany started and all these secrets that bethany's been holding about luann's family and all the things she's been doing off camera between seasons it comes flowing out one you could not write i know i say this every episode about something on housewives you could not write a better scene the whole thing reads from start to finish like it's like the final act of like a tense family drama, you know, and like a narcissist drives this grieving woman mad. Because bearing in mind, Bethany has lost Dennis and she hasn't processed it is, the death. It's a Taylor Armstrong, you don't know what she's done to me, yes. like explosion of, it's so not about Cabaret or Luann. It is such an explosion of grief and it, basically a panic attack. And I yeah. know that Bethany sort of has one every season, but... It is an extraordinary, unstoppable storm that comes out of oh from Bethany's very soul. It's inset- like she's not breathing as her voice gets higher and higher and higher. I'm shocked she didn't pass out and she's going, cabaret, cabaret, life is not a cabaret. And listen, far be it from me to disagree with Liza Minnelli, but I'm with Bethany on this one. And then Luann compliments that by going, look at you. And it's such oh. a dramatic reading, and it's said with such venom and and resentment. It's like something from Look Back in Anger. And then Bethany tops that by in the dramatic stakes by taking this martini glass, this like metal reflective martini glass, thrusts it in Luann's face, and she's like, "Look at me! Look at you! Look in the fucking mirror!" And then like slams the martini glass down oh. on the table. It's so symbolic. 
And then she's talking about how she had to pay the Luan's second stint in rehab and that Luan left two weeks early. And then- Well, and that when we had that famous thing where she she reveals where she is saying about how Luan left early and Luan says something about I had to go to work and Bethany goes, for cabaret! Yeah. She says, you're sick, you're a you're sicko! You're a sicko for cabaret! And this is when it gets and really And the truth is, but that, but, that really, but that really fits with what we've been saying earlier about my potential kind of questioning of whether Luan has a drinking problem is the truth is that is mental to leave rehab to leave a rehab that your friends have taken that seriously and paid for potentially or found a way for you to to have access to to leave for cabaret to give cabaret that level of importance Mm -hmm. in a way it summarizes exactly what we've been saying is the problem is that Luan acts as if nothing can top cabaret in terms of points but of course i have to leave rehab for cabaret that's like saying you have to leave rehab for a friend's birthday party like i agree but there's like and i know it's something really frivolous but there's still like an earnestness and a desperation with which luann says almost as if to say like i know this sounds ridiculous but i needed to do that i needed to do that the fact that she, I, I, I know that's messed up but just as a dramatic scene it's fascinating just the levels and the subtext that's mm. going on that she would leave rehab because she needs to do this more that's where her priorities are but to are. me that just shows that Luann's level of self-importance that, that how important she thinks she is is reflected in the fact that she left rehab because she both I think needs the attention that comes with cabaret but also believes that the people need her mm. to perform her cabaret they really don't like it's like Sunset Boulevard or something. It's like the it people is, need me. It I is. love it. She's very Norma Desmond. The level of delusion is insane. Anyway, continue. And I with... know I'm I'm mixing like genres and references here, but then it gets very, Bethany gets very Elizabeth Taylor and suddenly last summer, you know, when mm. she's been given the drugs at the end and she just like breaks down, blurts out all these suppressed grievances about how she was mourning the death of Dennis and Luann never checked in with her to see how she's doing because Luann was too busy mm. talking about cabaret and getting drunk and running through the fields and nothing but her negligee. It's so dark. And that image of Luann... I, I can just imagine, like, somewhere upstate and suddenly Luanne drunk. I know, it haunts me. I think about Luanne running around in her field in her negligee. Yeah. I imagine it's like something from Midsummer, and she's, like, got blood on her face and she's, like, laughing yeah. manically and, like, the sun's setting and she's running her fingers through the grass. Oh, it just really sends chills down my spine. And but it's I a do very... feel like an important point is being made here, which is, at the end of the day, Bethany did lose someone. Someone, like, actually died. Mm-hmm who actually had an addiction problem. And the truth is, whether she fully deserves to be the object of Bethany's meltdown or not, it does highlight that Luann has not been able to see past Luann and in sort of true Luann fashion has been so the centre of her own universe that she has been on Bethany's back at, you know, why didn't she stay an extra half an hour longer to watch me perform at some crappy club, like, Halloween special. We're talking about someone who just lost an enormous person in their life. Mm. It does hold a real mirror up to how ridiculous Luan has been. It's it's Ramona, of all people as well, who makes the very sad point that yeah. Bethany is projecting a lot of guilt. You know, Luan deserves this. She's got, she got what, 
was coming to her but bethany's projecting a lot because she was so wrapped up in protecting luann that she neglected dennis and ramona says like if bethany gave dennis what she gave luann in terms of protection maybe that could have saved his life you know far be it from us to you know talk about that but it's just very weighty stuff and this it's so like and Ramona's like silently keening in the corner, she's wiping away tears. It's like whack-a-mole, they're all taking so turns to stand up. You're not hearing her pain. Yeah, you're not hearing her pain. And then they're all standing up and running around Dorinda screaming, like, Oh my god, she's gonna have a heart attack. And then Luann runs out and threatens to have a drink and comes back in. And it's very Tennessee Williams and in the sense of it's mm. like it's really sweaty and humid and sticky and yeah, like fanning totally. themselves and this air. Uh, oh, I love it. And and also, while this is all going on, there's like a hot pink toaster just like in the middle of the table because they've all ordered these like novelty <laughs> cocktails. It's just like a genius. It's a perfect scene and it's wasted on these peasants who are dining next to them who don't appreciate art when they see it. Like they're all staring daggers at the women. They clearly have no idea who they are. You'd be on your feet, wouldn't you? I would. Round You'd of be applauding them at the end. Encore. Bravo. So I, I, yeah, I think that whole season... It really was maybe the most concentrated and intense version of Luan and a lot of, I can't believe it took us three episodes to span, but I think ultimately we kept coming back to the same points and those were the very parts of her that were perhaps the the worst in this season, which was just how into herself she's capable of being. And also, as we've said again and again, her grabbing at any sense of approval from a kind of outside audience and almost cashing in on that without an awareness of whether she's being sent up or not and aggrandizing it and immediately making it in her eyes sort of the most important thing in the world to be honest i i don't think i could spend an evening with her i could i think she's 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 made great strides from the early days of yore she's conquered every obstacle that's come in her way She's gargantuan. I think the only thing left for her to do is be president. I honestly do. God help us all. On that note, shall we um, wrap this up? I don't think we have time to go over a, like a favourite bit of Luan, partly because she's just so goddamn awful in this period. Uh, partly because we've also talked about her for three episodes. I don't think there's exactly, anything left yeah. to say. <laughs> yeah. I don't ever want to talk about Luan again. Well, we have one more episode in which we could do that because our next week we're going to be talking about the Cartagena trip. And everything oh that goes god the trip from so hell we're going to be talking a little bit about bethany and carol we're going to be talking a little bit about luann and dorinda we're going to be talking a little bit about drowning at sea and shitting your pants oh i'm excited i'm excited to get back to uh to the deep dive me too i'm looking forward to it i can't wait i feel like luann was our everest <laughs> I, <feel. laughs> I honestly don't know how it could be worse like the real thing of climbing everest than talking about luann for about five hours <laughs> okay thank you so much for joining us this week on the housewives archives make sure to click subscribe so you'll never miss a show if you like what you heard today go ahead and give us a rating and tell your friends about the show don't forget to follow us on instagram at housewives archives thanks for joining and we'll see you next time bye, bye.